I'm expecting to have lower production value now that there's like a screaming demon in the house. You are in a maze of twisty little passages all alike. Time to start a fire, crack open a can of tab, and settle in for Founder Quest. I was thinking the show we could talk about, I don't know, just kind of like getting getting used to this sort of getting settled into this sort of weird new normal, you know, even though it's hopefully temporary. Like the last few shows, we just kind of, Wait, I, you, I feel we're... You're saying we actually what? have, you're saying we actually have a topic this show? Because that that actually in itself means that we, we must really be settling in if we actually have a topic this week. Yeah. I mean, the last few weeks, it's like, I don't know, personally, I felt like I had no idea what was going on in the world or my life or anything. Like it was just everything got blown up. And it's trying to um, figure out how the pieces we're going to put together. And mm -hmm. so this week, I feel personally like I kind of am getting a little bit of an idea as like how it's going to be. And, and just, you know, it's just yeah. a matter of sort of keeping on doing it for two months. <laughs> I don't know how long. Y'all uh, getting a little bit of a routine dialed in now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. The situation in my house is that my, my wife is also working from home. She also works in tech as a writer and is so, yeah, basically we, we switch off during the workday. I work mornings, she works the afternoons and then we take turns um, watching the kid. And then, you know, we both try and like steal scraps of time, you know, during naps and in the evening or whatever to do things that we couldn't do during <laughs> our allotted time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's sort of like, I feel like I'm, I'm at the point where I'm kind of like able I'm able to sort of like scrape by the stuff I need to do. And it might be a little bit hard to do extra stuff to like start getting ahead. But as far as like just making sure the, the wheels stay on the car and stuff like that on, on the work I'm doing, at least it's possible. What about you guys? I think y'all's work situations has, have changed like less than mine. Mine hasn't changed a whole lot, to be honest, because I, I was, uh, you know, I moved. I was commuting to an office for... A little while like like early last year and over the course of like late last year i'd moved everything back home including i've talked about the i've got my home gym now so pretty much my days was already like spent at home and we have young kids but you know i was already home with them my wife uh is you know stay-at-home mom and takes care of them and stuff so she's kind of going crazy right now because we had to uh we, we had to like tell our babysitter that she can't come because you know that that's that's a thing lockdown so we have a lot less help right now i guess that's the big difference i've been taking a little bit more time you know in my workday to stop and help with the kids and stuff like put them down for naps or that sort of thing so my question for you is like what did you know that the rest of us didn't like you've obviously been prepping <laughs> for this josh you got your home gym you've been going on this for at least six months yeah i'm just a hermit like <laughs> I don't know. I go out like usually during like my work week is is pretty much like the same as it has been for the last six months. Like I, I usually will like get up and do some reading. I ride my uh, stationary bike in my that's in my office. I do some work. I work out, do a little bit more work and then it's family time. So like usually like before all of this happened, like during the week, like my it, my major outings usually revolved around like like food. So like just like getting lunch or something. So I'm not doing that, but we've also, we replaced that with uh, getting out. Like we still try to get out for walks and things. I even still have like, you know, the occasional outing 
here and there as well. So I don't know. Yeah, my schedule hasn't changed a whole lot either. I'm still still getting that six hours or five hours of sleep every night, waking up at, you know, five or whatever in the yeah. morning, working. Uh, see, everyone else is asleep. Like, so my kids are older. So they're, you know, I mean, they're teenagers. So they're sleeping until noon anyway, right? So <laughs> so I'm, I'm working from like, I don't know, six to noon-ish. Yeah, and then, they play, the, and then they play The Witcher for the, the other uh, eight hours a day before they go back <laughs> right, to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Does, the Witcher, does The Witcher even work if you try and play it at like 4 a.m.? <laughs> Isn't it down for maintenance every night? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Every night from like 4 to 6 a.m.? <laughs> Wouldn't know. Never tried. Yeah, and then like lunch and then... Uh, I'll do a little bit of work maybe in the afternoon sometimes if I feel like it. <laughs> I'll go for a walk, go for a run. I, I do miss going to the gym regularly because I'm, I was still doing that. So that's, that's kind of a bummer, but I got, you know, got the weights in, the, in my garage and doing that. Got some stuff, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's not, not really that much of a difference to me, except that I don't go to my office every day now, even though I'm really usually the only one here. Still, I felt like, eh, it's probably a good idea not to go into the gym environment. I can just shelter in place and just bring my stuff home and yeah not much change for me that makes sense it's pretty different working in this new environment <laughs> like um normally my days i basically like we work 30 hour weeks at honey badger and i usually though i have like a 40 hour week to fit that into and so now i'm trying to fit that into like a 20 hour week <laughs> so it's like things are a bit more hectic there's a bit less of a leisurely pace to things. And yeah. And then also there's like no downtime. There's like, there's like 30 minutes of downtime or maybe the downtime is like when Ida gets her, her iPad or something. Yeah. And she refuses to nap. The routines really help us kind of get through this sort of thing. Like, so that's, I've been trying to, I've been trying to like keep changes to the routine minimal or take steps to like maintain routines that we did you know, before or replace things. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the sort of systems that we've put in place, like I'm thinking about the stuff I put in place around the blog in terms of project management, honestly, it's just saving me right now because I just don't, I have like zero working, like I have zero extra capacity to, re to remember things. So like the other day I forgot to mark a article that was in fact done as done and it was still in the like needs to be edited category. And so I sent it to this person who is doing some editing for us. And she was like, you sent me this last week. <laughs> I was like, it's because I forgot to mark it done. But yeah, let's talk about some like, I don't know, maybe productivity sort of businessy things. Like personally, like one, th one thing I'm trying to do to get through this and sort of supplement the fact that I'm so stretched now is to get in a little bit of help on the editing side of all these blog posts I'm doing. Because what I have been doing previously is I had been essentially doing all of the big editing stuff and then outsourcing a kind of proofreading to a service called Scribendi. And they're actually pretty good. So I would recommend them if you need that sort of thing. But I'm experimenting with having a, an actual sort of in-person relationship with an editor who's Melissa, who's a previous sort of author of ours. We published an article that she wrote about Pry recently. And it, it, that's actually done really good for us. And she's like, has editing experience. So like, I don't know where I'm experimenting with that. Like so far it's, it's pretty low scale. It's like, it's going to be like maybe a couple hours a week, just freelance and, and see how that goes. And so far she's doing a great job. So my hope is that she can sort of, in addition to sort of eliminating that sort of proofreading service, um, which we're already paying for. In addition to that, she can maybe take on some of the more sort of higher level changes that need to be done that uh, I would normally 
like personally do. And so then that would sort of free me up to then go on and do improvements instead of just sort of, you know, making sure that the system is just running. In terms of, let's see, the business, I think we're, we briefly talked about this, but we're going to, like, we normally do like a one, once a month chat with all of our employees and everything, like on all hands, just to hang out. And like, I brought up maybe making that more frequently and like Ben's just weekly. And so we were kind of like hovering in like on maybe Mondays doing that as sort of a non, non-required thing just, just for fun. Yeah. I like, I like that idea. Um, one thing this is forcing is it's, I mean, it's forcing even, I think even it's forcing like remote teams to like become even more remote because now that like, I think the reason we're thinking about changing it up is that we're like, we don't have the social outlets that we normally do that helps us get through the, you know, the remote lifestyle that can be isolating. So it's, it's forcing us to think about that a little bit more and build more of that into our company DNA. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people are like, I see a lot of people on Twitter and they're like, oh, is this like, is this what remote working's like? It's like, no, it's usually (laughs) much more, it's it's usually much nicer than this. (laughs) It's not like a, a case of the world ending and yeah. Although I, if you do it, like if you're new to remote or if you are doing it wrong, it can be, it can be pretty, like it can get pretty bad if you don't have like good, if you don't establish good habits, even in, in normal times too, I would say. Yeah. I think so. a lot of people, when they, when they start work from home, they, they're excited about, you know, they're excited about the idea yeah. of being able to not have to commute and things like that. And I, one of the side effects that I've seen many times is people just work more right? They, they start to lose the boundaries between work and home and they mm-hmm. end up working, you know, 10 hour days. And they don't really notice it because it's just, it just blends together and like, oh, the computer's there. Oh, I'm going to check my email. Oh, you know, and then half an hour later, like, oh, I'm working, right? I think a lot of people who have made that transition have gone through that phase and, and realized they needed to set up some things around their life to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, maybe my commute is, you know, taking off the PJs and putting on some sweatpants, right? Yeah. But anyway, some, some way to delineate what, what's work time and what's, what's home time. And sometimes that can take a while. So I, I hope that people get enough time during this phase where they can actually learn that and, and work through those things. So they can understand like, oh, this, this is really what, you know, working from home is, is like once you actually get into the groove. I've heard people say that it can, it really helps to like have like specific, even like specific rituals for starting and stopping work when you're working from home. So I've, I've even heard people, I, I forget who it was, read a book semi-recently where they were like, they have like rituals where they like actually have like a, like a saying that they utter, <laughs> like when, when work is over, like just to like get it into their head, like. I am now done. I really like that. Um, I really like that. Yeah. So you could have, yeah, have your like, <laughs> your like little, your little, little work rituals at home. Um, it could be small things. It doesn't have to be, you know. Like come to think of it, you know, having worked from home the majority of my career, I like, I, I kind of like do that stuff too, but without really thinking too much about it. Like, like, yeah, to start work, basically I get out my little notebook. I make a little list of things to try and not forget today. You know, things that I maybe need to do and like drink some tea. And yeah, and that's kind of like the start of the day. I tend to do that, like even if I don't have a full day, even if I know like exactly what I need to do, just write it down. Mm-hmm. And I think what y'all are talking about is structure, like overarching, like, and this is kind of what we're moving towards a little bit more with the, with the sort of weekly just hangout meetings. It's kind of just injecting a little bit more structure into sort of the company remote culture to maybe compensate a bit for the structure that's lost from 
being able to go to the outside world, you know, going, taking my kid to daycare and picking them up and stuff like that's the structure. Like I've got to leave by five because I've got to go get my, my daughter. And, you know, everybody has little things like that. And suddenly like all those are gone and it's just this wild west situation. And I just want to show my age for a second. I think it's so funny that like people are like, what are you doing wearing jeans? You should be wearing sweats. It's like sweatpants are like, are like a, a category now and, and like casualness, like below jeans, but separate from pajama pants. Right. <laughs> Whereas like in my, yeah, like in my, in my olden days, my antiquated way of thinking, like pajama pants are basically the same as, as sweatpants. Yeah. But. And jeans you, are things you wear to like casual day or something. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, the jeans are like the new formal. I don't know. I never got into athleisure. So I like uh, Michael's jeans on the office were always, uh, always funny. He, he had these like his casual day jeans. And whenever he got into his casual day jeans, like the real shenanigans would happen because <laughs> they would just oh make my him, God. they would make, make him extra crazy. Yeah. But I mean, like there used to only also be light jeans, but now you got light jeans and dark jeans. What about acid, like you're acid wash? Acid wash. Those are just on another level, Josh. <laughs> I mean, that would be, that oh. would be a way to really know you're working though. Yeah. Speaking of acid wash <laughs> jeans, um, we started watching Tiger King last night, which is this new show on Netflix. Everybody's talking about it's about, have y'all seen it? Mm -mm. I recommend it. It's one of their like limited series, documentary, true crime shows, but I don't think anybody actually gets like hurt in this one. So it's good. So um, we're not quite profiting off or, you know, making light off of somebody getting hurt. And yeah, it's about this private zoo owner in Oklahoma named Joe. I think his name was Joe Exotic. And is that like, the guy that ran for president? Probably. He ran for governor of Oklahoma. Hmm. Anyway, and it's super interesting <laughs> to me because he's got like a mullet. He's got, I'm sure he had lots of acid wash jeans, super redneck guy, kind of like a stock character. And it's really weird for me to watch this because like I'm from the like Arkansas, Oklahoma region. And so like everybody in there is just like, like everyone who is in this documentary is just seems bizarrely familiar to me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know any of them, but it's like, I know people like them, mm -hmm. um, including people like uh, Joe Exotic. And it's just bizarre. Let's check that out. So anyway, moral of the story, moral of the story, like watch that show. It's really good. And don't like, don't ever pay to pose with tiger cubs because it's, <laughs> it is bad news is bad for the tiger cubs. We finally bit the bullet and just and subscribed to Disney Plus. I like I made it this far, <laughs> but yeah, this was the final, the last drop. So we're now Disney Plus yeah. subscribers. Caitlin said something about the other, the other day about like the kids have so few pleasures left. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like they have like unlimited Disney, like high definition Disney. <laughs> what else like, do you want? <laughs> like we we had we were lucky if we got like the VHS S tape to like you know. <laughs> rewind properly so and not like eat itself <laughs> yeah <laughs> like we had to blow in the cassette tapes <laughs> yeah that's so funny yeah we might have to do that too we got so ida's ipad actually broke and or it the screen got messed up and so we got her a replacement but it's not an ipad because ipads are really expensive to give, <laughs> give to a little kid um so we got her a an amazon fire tablet they have a kid one that's like indestructible and it's sort of the same deal as Disney plus. It's like you, it comes with a year of their, their subscription service. 
And the subscription service is basically like the the Apple App Store, just loaded with kids stuff and it's unlimited. And so she's like downloading all these games and she's just like, ah. And yeah, yeah so it's like she she briefly turned into like a, I don't know, a guy in his early 20s sort of <laughs> shut into his dorm room, just like yeah. just playing games. It's like it's just, didn't want to eat or talk to anybody it's just, or sleep. It's just, uh, yeah, it's like training for college is preparation for things things to come. Yeah, there you go. But the you know the the upside of that is that she um, at least is not watching YouTube as much. So. Mm, yeah. So anyway, what we're we're talking about as to watch, so like we should probably get back on the the other yeah the the other thing we we're talking we've been talking about is uh because this is about time for our uh, our quarterly team uh, all hands meeting, which we affectionately refer to as our conclave, and that's not going to happen in person. But we've been talking about ways to move that to a remote. A remote structure and i think the i don't think we have that fully figured out yet because i don't think any of us want to sit on zoom for like eight hours straight which is <laughs> what we would usually do in yeah. person break for lunch of course but yeah so we're i think we're talking about ways we can tackle that remotely that makes sense we need to work that out maybe split over several days yeah. several days or maybe like i don't know have um just the three of us meet for longer than everybody else because like Everybody probably doesn't want to be involved in every single conversation about things that don't really have directly to do with them. So, yeah, I I feel like the there's much more opportunity to, like, take advantage of the asynchronous communication style this way. Like there might be some benefit there to us, I think, because it would give us a little more time as long as we have like some structured planning around guiding the discussions and things. It might give us more time to put, you know, like more like deeper thought into things and like explain ourselves more clearly than if it's all just kind of off the cuff. Oh yeah, totally. That makes sense. We also talked about, you had the idea of sharing more financial information just to give, you know, over communicate, give some reassurance that yes, we're okay. So I had my one-on-one with Ben and we talked about the financials, like how much money is in the bank. And, you know, we have seen a, a slight decline in the revenue. It's not crazy yet. And it seems, it feels like a typical kind of up and down like a normal course of business thing but we're obviously keeping our eyes on that and uh so i talked through that with ben talked about what how we're thinking about and we're we're cautious we're cautiously optimistic like we don't feel like there's going to be huge impact to our business because a lot of our customers are not going to be dramatically impacted by you know having to stay home <laughs> that sort of thing but obviously it's a concern that we have and and especially as as projections for how long this goes on continue like uh, there could be some some impacts to our revenue, but talking about where we are with our, our current balance and how we have, you know, we're cash flow positive, we're, we've always been pretty conservative on our, on our money, so we don't, you know, spend ahead of revenue or anything like that. So we've communicated that stuff in the past, but I think Star, you had a great idea of, you know, reiterating like our operating principles and our beliefs and also, you know, giving a snapshot of what we're doing today. Awesome. Like when you're an employee, you don't really you don't really have that intimate knowledge of a business's financials. And so, so I don't know, everything seems a little bit more off in the fog and you have to trust that it's just kind of working and it's going to maintain itself. Oh, oh, and, that, that reminds me. Yeah, I was, I was totally nodding when you were saying that. But uh, I, I did tell Ben, because, you know, as an employee, you're, you're kind of nervous, right? Like, oh, I could get laid off, right? If, if things get bad or I, I could get laid off anytime, really. I mean, there's no, no stopping a business owner from just terminating you anytime they want really in the US anyway. And so I, I, I said to him, you know, we're, we're good financially. We have money in the bank. Uh, we have, you know, we're cash flow positive. 
et cetera. It's like, we're not anticipating any layoffs. We're not planning on doing any kind of reduction like that. I was like, and we definitely won't, you know, say one day to you, oh, by the way, Ben, you don't have a job anymore tomorrow. Like, you know, good luck. It's like, if, if we see that sort of thing coming, we'll obviously give you plenty of notice, right? So you don't have to panic. Oh, that's a really good idea. That's um, a really good idea. But I also told that. him, I committed us, the three of us, I said, you know, and, and if things get bad, like the three of us, we will take a salary cut before we start cutting employees. Like we, we, we feel that's the right thing to do. So heads I don't up. I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Stop recording. Stop recording. <laughs> I've got payments to make on my, um, my, um, switch. <laughs> right. yeah. I cut that $10 a month on the switch, uh, the premium switch coming games. out of my, yeah, you got to pay back Something that guy games. at Animal Crossing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I've got to, I've got to pay, uh, I've got to work off my indentured servitude to Tom Nook. <laughs> Great game, by the way. I started playing it. Great game. Yeah. Kaylin's cool. been playing that because, uh, she got a switch and yeah, she's, she's really liking it. Nice. Yeah. It's, I was thinking about this because there's been a lot of uh, memeing going on about how it's like, okay, so people are learning who don't really pay much attention to business normally that most businesses don't have a ton of cash where they can um, keep on operating for more than like a month. You know, most businesses operate on a pretty hand to mouth system, even if they are relatively big. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a little bit more buffering than that. And I was just thinking about that because like there's all this, these memes going around where people are being like, oh, like you expect like normal people to have six months of savings, but you know, your business doesn't have six months of savings. And like, it occurred to me that, that, that whole, like both of those things are actually probably caused by the same structural forces, which is, or structural force, which is like in both cases, you have the owners of the business trying to like the one thing they're trying to do above all else is to maximize investor returns. And so any sort of surplus that you have laying around goes to investor returns. It doesn't go into like a rainy day fund and it doesn't go into like paying your employees more than you absolutely have to. So they can do their own rainy day funds. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just, just something I was just thinking about that because that's, you know, thankfully one force that we don't really have operating on us directly. Although, you know, I'm, I'm sure all of our customers do. Yeah. Although I did hear that, I think is Apple has enough cash on hand to run their business for a year without any revenues. Like if all the oh, revenues that's, stop that's tomorrow. Apple. Yeah. That's Apple. <laughs> I mean, that's darn impressive. Isn't like, that because uh, it's like all, it's all like stuck outside of the country and they, they haven't been able to like bring it in or something, or did they figure out a way like around the taxes? Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've heard they have like massive, uh, yeah. Like massive cash yeah. reserves or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure they do. I mean, it would be nice if if businesses all operated like that because if that's the case like basically like businesses could kind of just finance their own, you know, shutdown basically and just like it would just affect like long-term profits for the overall economy, but it wouldn't, you know, the the businesses would bear the the cost of that versus the taxpayers. I was just going to say that maybe maybe it also even one step farther than that it goes back to the whole like everything's based on price, right? Because like the reason Apple can probably have that much cash in the bank is because they can charge a premium. They're not like a low price per mm-hmm. leader or anything. So I don't know. It's, it's maybe. Yeah, it really depends on the yeah. type of business. And that's why yeah, I, I one know. reason why it would never, that'll probably never happen. Yeah, I think if, if you read uh, Justin Jackson's thing about margin, 
that's the argument he's making, right? If you run a business that has that kind of margin that gives you that luxury, mm-hmm. then things are much, much easier, right? Yeah. And I think that that applies on a personal level well as well. You know, if you live your life where you're basically just living below your means, right? If you are just, I mean, simply just spending less than you make, mm-hmm. then over time you can accumulate that buffer, that rainy day fund. So you can weather a storm that comes when it comes. Cause I mean, storms will come. Yeah. Uh, it's so much better. Life. It's so much better just to like, yeah, to like live on half your income because then you don't have to worry pretty much. Yeah. Or, and even if honestly, even without the savings component, it's good knowing that you just have to, if you need to find a job, you only need to find a job making half as much as you're making now, which is always mm-hmm. easier. <laughs> yeah, totally. You could take a 50% yeah. pay cut and still I mean, like nothing not, would change. Like it's not, yeah. Like we're talking about sort of survival situations. Yeah. We're not talking about like ideal situations. Yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting yeah. time for the world. You know, we're having we're having conversations that most people haven't had. Our grandparents experienced the Great Depression and left some of that legacy with their children and how they live their lives, right? And you mm-hmm. know, we're a bit removed from that. We don't have as much of an, uh, that in our in our psyche as our parents did uh, because of that event. Well, now we're experiencing an event that's could be very similar to that experience that they had. And uh, I think we will, we will definitely have a, a, a community psyche adjustment. Uh, at least I yeah, hope so. Yeah, for sure. Right? I don't know about you all, yeah. but I'll be washing my hands for 20 seconds for the rest of my life. <laughs> for real. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. This, yeah. And like, this is also, I just keep, I like every day, it just gets drive home more and more, just how like insanely lucky we all are. And not mm-hmm. to say that we haven't worked hard and all that stuff. Like, yeah, we've worked hard and, and everything, but it's like lots of people have worked hard in industries that are just like shut down <laughs> right yep. now. Yeah. And they just don't have any, like there's people who have worked way harder than I have who are just out of work yeah. um, through no fault of their own. So yeah, we're very, very fortunate to be in the business that we're in, you know, cause yeah, we could have put this much work into and even twice as much work into our own restaurant chain right and right now Mm -hmm. that would be just washed away yeah it would be tough going back to the whole like living on you know less than you make thing or whatever having a good having a good buffer i I was like looking at the the income requirements it's the care act right that's the gonna give everyone you know cutting checks to everyone in america but i mean there's in there are income thresholds where you won't get a check at some point. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about that because I know that there's a lot of people out there that that make more than the income thresholds, but they are so overextended as far as like their mortgages, car payments, like, you know, if they're doing the typical, you know, McMansion lifestyle or whatever, they would probably like really appreciate that, <laughs> that little check right now. And I bet some of them will be complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little political on you here. So <laughs> okay, fair warning. I was reading this week about this act coming through and things. You know, people making various arguments of what we should do to to help people. And uh, one thing that came out is like, you know, it's kind of a big deal that we have this huge jump in unemployment that was just reported yesterday, and yet all of our health insurance is tied to our employment. Like that's probably a bad thing yeah. to have in this I situation. Know. And like, yeah. I, I like this has been like one of my, my things, my soapboxes for years is like, let's just, let's divorce employment from your health insurance, please. Let's just, yeah. so I'm, I'm, just, I'm hoping, hoping beyond hope 
that this this event will push that over the edge and will actually make that happen. Like I, yeah. I, I care I care less about whether it's private insurance versus multi you know multi-payer versus single. I, you know right. that's just great. Make we can talk not, about that, but just make yeah. it not tied to your employer for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, that's. I I have a feeling a lot of people's opinions are going to get changed about a lot of things. Um, <laughs> Yes. In the, the coming year. Yeah. It seems like yeah, that whole thing is like a holdover from a very, very different time. Like that was like back in the early days of like when health insurance became a thing, like back when well, it was like, it created, was all about, right? like it was the companies that were pushing it initially. Yeah. Well, it's all about, you know, post, yeah, com- post World War II, you competing. could not, yeah, you could yeah. not raise salaries past a certain point. There so was they, price control. Yeah. On so that. they started, so they started competing offering on that as benefit. Yeah. 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 So let's just, and, let's just unwind that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but everyone. I mean, I think for for me, like when I look at, of course, I'm I have no idea what I'm doing here. I'm just I'm just a web developer, right? But I, I would say, just just I'm just a simple country web developer. <laughs> just, I don't cotton to these big city ways. Let's let's just tra- let's just transition from employer based private insurance to 100 percent private market private insurance. Like everyone goes to the marketplace and buys the insurance that they need. Okay, let's that's that's a step we can take, and let's talk about you know. Other steps we might want to take at some, you know, at some point, fine, great. But I think like if we could just do that one thing, get everyone yeah. out there buying health insurance for themselves rather than through the their right employer. Direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be helpful. As like a yeah, freelancer. It's, like, it's so complicated though, because yeah. it's like easy to think about. It's easy to think about like the main sort of happy path in terms of that. But there's so yeah. many sort of sad paths and there's so many like, health, like it's like people's lives are so complicated. Yeah. That, You'd obviously, you'd still need, uh, you'd still need to like, you need to cover the people that can't, obviously can't do that, like, or don't have any chance of doing that. But yeah, like even just like as a freelancer, like in my early twenties, learning how the world works and not, I didn't go through the career path. So I didn't go work for a company. Like I pretty much just went straight into freelancing. So I learned the value of buying my own health insurance and it was, it wasn't fun because it wasn't cheap as a young person. And, um, I don't think a lot of people don't learn that that is something that you should like insurance is something that you should buy for yourself. Like yeah. a lot of people just kind of assume that it's, it's something that comes along with all the other benefits that you get from employment or whatever right. citizenship. Yeah. I will say that when I, when I was doing freelancing first, when I first transitioned from an employee to being a freelancer, that really opened my eyes to the whole insurance thing. Yeah. yeah like you said, so then you, you have, have to buy, buy your yourself. own insurance yeah. on the private market. It was, yeah. And that was yeah. before Obamacare. So it was different world. If we could just agree to get it away from employers, that would be so get much. Get it away oh, from employers, 100%. and maybe like maybe like standardize the rules of the coverage a little bit so that everyone's not yeah. like bartering over the different provisions and stuff. Or you know, a lot gets wasted and and just trying to figure out like how each plan should work. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all very complicated and sort of like ideologically, I really like the idea of single payer. Personally, like right now, like I wouldn't really enjoy like transferring all of my health stuff over to like some different system but mm-hmm. i recognize that like any change is going to really i don't it's going to be change and it's going to involve yeah. a lot of pain in the neck stuff for a lot of yeah. people yeah. yeah yeah i think there's a lot to like about the the single payer thing and i think one thing that we're seeing with this pandemic is that healthcare is a national interest issue right we should care about yeah. everyone receiving adequate healthcare yeah because that only helps everyone. It affects our health. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, if, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So, and if that is like the actual goal of like any sort of private 
insurance, whatever, and you know, they make it so that that's possible, then yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The whole idea of like, oh, it's like I've got to choose between like rent or like not dying. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's a false like it's it's just I just think like um at this point, I think the fact that we require this as a country is a moral failure. Like I think morally we need to do better for people. And hopefully we'll have more of these conversations nationally as a result of this. Like, that's my, maybe, my maybe we'll actually this. be able to talk about it <laughs> this time. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to, to have some good conversations around how we want to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And, and they're all going to happen over um, Zoom. So <laughs> <laughs> right, your Zoom, your Zoom stock yeah. is going to go way up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We're, or your Slack, you better, your Slack um, and your Slack yeah. and your Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> we've got a um, yeah, we've got a, a play date with all of my my daughter's daycare nice. kids. Can do it. Yeah, lined up in a, a couple hours. So just FYI, that'll be the company um, Zoom account for a lot of the stuff. So, <laughs> so we can like get more than that's awesome. Twenty minute Zoom calls. It's all good. That's that'll be uh, that that'll be something to grow up with. If if this is like a thing, like like yeah, doing your daycare meetups on uh, remotely. Well, that'll be something that'll stick. I imagine. <laughs> hopefully not because i'll be going to daycare yeah well <laughs> yeah we got to get back in that <laughs> you might find a lot of people like decide they like this new lifestyle right <laughs> you, you and you and evie might decide you know what we actually like this we're going to keep ida at home we're going to star is going to work in the morning and evie's going to work in the afternoon and we're going to just do this as a family we've talked <laughs> about homeschooling to be honest and uh and this this, uh, if anything, this drives me more in that direction than less. Cause I, I see what people are dealing with, with, with like the school systems in a, in a crisis like this. And I'm like, I'm glad my kids aren't in school yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're supposed to start pre-K in when is it June? Yeah. So I, and I read this, this article this morning that was like, yeah, the social distancing in Washington's working, but they need to keep it up through like early June for it to actually make a difference mm -hmm. like in the long yeah. term. So it's like, ooh, well, we'll see what happens there. You know, something interesting, I've, going back to Ben, you said that, you know, we've never really dealt with anything like this before. And this is, you know, it's got like our, you know, our grandparents could talk about the depression and stuff. And we had 2008, which was, that was a big event on the, on the grand scale of things. But one thing that is different between then and now among a lot of things is uh, podcasting podcasting has grown a lot since then. I think that'll be kind of interesting because there's a lot of smaller businesses like ours that are now like, I assume, documenting this whole period that maybe happened a little bit less in 2008. There was, you know, there were some, but there's certainly a lot more happening right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's definitely the first, the first one that used to happen when everybody's writing about it and mm -hmm. talking and posting about it and, and all that stuff. Of course, and will anyone ever come back and, and listen to them all? I, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some maybe. like doctoral student yeah. will do their thesis on like honey badgers, like podcasting. Yeah. And honestly, that would be great because that will mean that like society has been prosperous enough that somebody can like waste their time doing that. Mm -hmm. All right. So do we have any messages for future generations? Anything future you generations of badgers, but when, when every citizen in the world is, <laughs> is, uh, refers to themselves as, as badgers. <laughs> yeah. Messages, stay home, stay healthy. <laughs> Yes. Hopefully, hopefully you um, don't have to deal with this like we are. <laughs> hopefully we have it figured out by then. Yeah. I don't know if there's one good thing that's coming out of this. I think it's that, you know, at least in, in my household, we're, we're actually sort of reaching out to people more that we know just to make sure everybody's 
doing okay, see if we can help people, stuff like that. So, you know, if anything, it's like we're, we're being driven maybe physically apart from people, mm. but I don't know. I feel like in other ways we're, we're being pushed closer. So that's, that's kind of nice. I heard everyone's back on Facebook. Oh my God. No, I'm not. Not me. Oh my God. Apparently, apparently they've had a huge uptick in people rejoining <laughs> that had left, you know, during the whole like Facebook, whatever it was called. Right. Yeah. I totally want to see what my racist uncle has to say about um, Reconnect. COVID-19. Yeah. That's yeah. That's great. All right. So uh, if y'all don't have anything. <laughs> oh my God. You had to bring up Facebook. Now it's going to leave on a Always. sour note. <laughs> Okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm never, I'm a never Facebooker. Yeah. Um, well, I was a, a, some, a Facebooker. I like that. Before, never, but... never face. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I Is threw it, a party. What about like never, Facebook, never so. Zucker? <laughs> a never Zucker. Yeah. What about that guy? He was like, I'm going to run for president. Everybody uh-huh. loves me. <laughs> and he got, he got hit in the face um, by reality. Yeah. All right. Well, it's great. Great talking with y'all and uh, catch you next week. Have a, have a safe and uh, prosperous week. Yeah, you too. Oh, wait, I got to say the stuff. If you like this show and you're stuck at home, go to <laughs> Apple Podcasts and review us. If you want to write for us, if you write about Ruby or Elixir or whatever, we've actually had kind of an uptick in people wanting to write for us, including some people who you might even like recognize who are fairly well known in the little community we live in. Go to, if you want to do that, go to our blog, look at the top navigation and see the write for us link at, uh, oh, and our blog's at honeybadger.io. All right, I think that's it. So have a good one, guys, and uh, catch you later. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.